COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease include fever, cough, and sharpness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you're experiencing these symptoms and have come in contact with or in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you are currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. You can also find me on Twitter at ICSativaPod. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music Store, and more. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www dot patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. A special thanks to our current patrons and supporters. Shout out to friends of the show Reefer Revolution for supporting the podcast. Shout out to our new Patreon and friend of the show Gracie Gatto. Shout out also to Joy One Love 420, also a friend of the show and founder of Keystone State Reviews. Becoming a Patreon or financially supporting us through Anchor, Patreon, PayPal gets you perks like early episodes, exclusives, and, and shout outs at the beginning of every episode. We also have been recently syndicated by friend of the show, Russ Belfill, and will now be featured weekly on Radical Russ Radio right before his show from Monday, 7 a.m., Tuesday, 9 a.m., Wednesday, 11 a.m., Thursday, 1 p.m., and Friday, 3 p.m., all mountain times. And without further ado, let's get to the episode. Howdy folks, Dan Scotland here joining you from Legal Grass, Massachusetts, the heartland of America. I can be found anywhere you find podcasts such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and other platforms like it. You can find me on Twitter at ICSativaPod and on Instagram at underscore IamCannabisSativa. All right. Um, so today's episode is going to be about the caregiver scene in Michigan and what the current status of it is. Let's start off with this article from MLive.com. Bear with me one sec. All right. So caregivers at odds with corporate cannabis over access to Michigan marijuana market. Written by Gus Burns of, of, of MLive. There is a legislative and philosophical feud 
going in the world going on in the world of Michigan marijuana. Caregivers who are authorized to grow up to 72 plants at a time for themselves and ha and have up to 5 registered medical marijuana patients are facing off with some of the most powerful corporate producers who believe registered home growers can pose a risk to public safety and the supply of the black market. No. This is just typical crony capitalism in the US. I have to if I'm a big business and the smaller businesses put out better stuff than I do, I don't try to compete on an even keel with these smaller businesses. I go I I I I tattle to the referee i.e. the governor, the um legislature, all those other bodies. I go and I tattle to those bodies to regulate my smaller and superior competition out of existence. That's what you saw attempted in Maine. That's what you are seeing in Michigan. And that's what you're seeing throughout the country. Um, you know, even California, even even the West Coast, which, which has had uh, medical in some form since the 90s. The people that have been doing this for decades, the po cannabis pioneers, the people that um, when when people when this was still a deadhead drug, this was still a marginal drug done by marginal people. And, um, it was still socially acceptable to sell and to be in the cannabis, uh, subculture. Um, those people are going to get squeezed out. And those are the people that have been squeezed out over on, on, on prop 64 in California. And, um, and they're attempting to squeeze those people out in the States I just talked about too. So, we have to do all we can as the grassroots to make it so the little guy or the little gal always has a seat on the table. We have to we have to do all we can to ensure that because if we don't, these these MSO thugs are gonna are gonna run roughshod, and we we can't really have that because again, like my state, um, again we can grow our own for medical and adult use purposes, but these medical dispensaries are still charging over 300 325 350 an ounce because again because of a required vertical integration and required all and all the requirements for you know testing the requirements for um labs labeling all that stuff is very very onerous in massachusetts and then the requirements for renewing and keeping your license are very very onerous so they have to they have to recoup the cost somewhere and also, um, because they're an, because we have an MSO cartel in this state, um, again, I mean, if you can't grow your own and because it, the barriers of entry are so high and so onerous, the only people that are going to be able to do this are these MSOs that only do this for money and they don't care. They don't care about curing your 70 year old mom or your 70 year old dad. They don't care. That, that, that's secondary to these folks. It's all about making as much money as possible and being the Walmart of weed. Like, again, I mean, I don't, I have no love and I have utter contempt for MSO gang on Twitter. Um, I, I've seen them like my tweets and, and, and boost my content. I, I have none but contempt for those folks. So I'm just going to put that out there right now. But uh, let's continue. Steve Linder, a longtime Republican lobbyist and director of the Michigan Cannabis Manufacturers Association, is vague about exactly what his organization's legislative goals are, but alluded to the role of caregivers to align with the safety requirements and regulate. Again, this all this all this fake talk about safety. It's not about safety. Is that these caregivers are way more competent 
They grow medicine with way more love and way more care and have way more strains that the average patient needs than these MSOs have ever done. So they're saying they're saying under the guise of safety that these caregivers, these small growers, oh my God, they, they don't have the lab equipment we have. We don't, they don't have the ability to test for toxins or yada, yada, yada. We, we, they don't have the same resources to do this as, uh, as, as us big cannabis corporations. So what are we going to do? We're going to tell the governors, we're going to tell the lawmakers, we're going to tell the MRA, the Massachusetts Regulatory Agency, I believe that's what they're called, or Lara, whatever they're called. Um, we're going to tell them that the caregivers are quote unquote unsafe and, uh, and that you should listen to us and you should center the regulations around us MSOs instead. So again, they're using safety as the excuse that they're, they're using to crush their competition. So they're the only ones left standing because in capitalism in this country, it's not about, it's not about a free market. It's not about a meritocracy. It's about, it's about you, the bigger player working with the politicians to make re regulations that only favor you at crushing your competition, competing in, in an even keel. That's for suckers in this country. It's about crushing your competition. That's, that's, that's the real play that they're, they're about. But let's continue. Steve Linder, longtime Republican lobbyist and director of the, of the, excuse me, the Michigan Cannabis Manufacturers Association is vague ex about exactly what his organization's legislative goals are, but alluded to the altering of the role of caregivers to align with the safety requirements and regulations based by licensed marijuana products. Quote, the number one principle that we, we were founded on was providing safe, clean, tested products in the marketplace, just like any other product that people inhale or ingest, Linder said. We want Michigan to not only have the high, high testing standards, we want to lead the nation in testing standards so that the public is confident that whatever product they use is going to perform as anticipated and is not going to harm them. That's our guiding principle in everything we do, whether it's legislative or statutory is geared towards making certain that the industry protocols and procedures and standards are beyond reproach. Linders, Linders avoided naming specific changes he'd like to see implemented to the caregiver system. He's not, he's not saying what those changes are because he knows that the grassroots and the caregivers would hate it. The, the, the goal is to crush the caregiver system entirely. Let's, let's be pragmatic. Let's, 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 let's not, let's not act like we were born yesterday. That's the end goal. They're trying to kill these, these smaller grower entirely. They're trying to kill them entirely. That's why he's being vague with it. Because if, if he were to just say the quiet part out loud, be like, we want to crush the caregiver system. And we just want marijuana throughout the United States to be MSO ran and controlled. Like they would, they would like the, like no one, like ever, all the grassroots would keep track of this guy. They keep track of people like him. And we, you know, we would circulate, um, memes, um, podcasts, video, video essays, protests, whatever we would, the grassroots would lobby so hard against them if they were to just say their exact goal. So they have to be vague and they have to be like, they have to, they have to be cowards about what their real intentions are because they know we would eat them for lunch if we were, if, 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 if we knew. 
And we would tell all our friends, all our family, all our cousins, all our acquaintances to never go to those MSO stores. That's what we would do. That's what us, the grassroots, would do. We, that's what we would do with our knowledge and our our, our clout and our um, keen insight as to how the cannabis industry works. They know that we would we would eat their lunch if we were if if we knew their exact intentions. But make no mistake about it. You trust and believe the goal, the ultimate goal is crushing the cannabis industry, the craft and the caregiver system entirely, and just just having it be big companies. That's 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 their ultimate goal. And they're and they're quote unquote using safety as 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 the weasel world word to crush that competition. That's that's all it is. Let's let's think pragmatically here, people. While no laws while no laws have been formally proposed, lobbyists for the Michigan Cannabis Manufacturers Association, which includes some of the largest vertically integrated, excuse me, marijuana companies in the state, have been feeling out the legislature with an eye on further restricting caregiver grow limits, requiring testing and tracking products similar to licensed businesses. Oh man, that's some tyranny right there. Again, re- it's it's about regulating the caregivers and the small grower out of existence. That's the end goal. I'll keep saying that till I'm blue in the face because that's what they're doing. Some of the largest vertically integrated marijuana companies in the state have been feeling the legislature with an eye on further restricting caregiver grower limits, requiring testing and tracking similar to licensed businesses, said Jamie Lowell, a legalization pioneer at the Director of Social Responsibility and Advocacy at the Botanical Company, a marijuana retailer based in Lansing. Lowell, on May 29th, obtained a form entitled Addressing Public Health Concerns in the Black Market. He said he was distributed to... He said it, it was distributed to lawmakers by representatives from the Michigan Cannabis Manufacturers Association. Lowell says rumors began swirling a month prior to his receipt of the proposals from a legislature he declined to identify. The document includes proposals to impose stricter limits on caregivers and competition for micro-businesses, which are self-contained recreational license holders able to grow, process, and sell products derived from up to 100 plants. Linder declined to confirm or deny issuing the proposal. If enacted, the measures would limit caregivers to three plants per patient and 12 plants total. Under current law, caregivers may have 12 plants per patient and 12 and 72 total, excuse me. It would also require caregivers to enter their harvest and plants into the state monitor tracking system, undergo inspections, and notify state government and the municipalities where the caregiver grows exist. Caregivers created by the 2008 voter-approved Medical Marijuana Act are given mostly free reign to provide untested products to their patients. Their marijuana isn't tracked or tested, they pay no no licensing fees, and don't answer to the marijuana regulatory agency. Several police and business executives say they believe some caregivers are using the medical moniker to subvert the system, in some cases teaming up with other caregivers to increase their cumulative plant limits and set up major grows in homes or warehouses that have the ability to produce as much marijuana as some licensed companies. That's good. I, that is a good thing. Again, when I, I, I've been to Michigan, I've, 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 I was at the Cannabis Cup in 2017. 
I've had some of the best medical marijuana products I've ever had in my entire life from these caregivers that these that big marijuana is trying so desperately to shut down. And that's why they're trying to shut them down because, you know, the, the small the small grower, the small woman, the small woman growing, growing 72 plants and, and sell and, and selling it at cost or selling it at a much lower cost than a dispensary or provisioning center would sell it. Like again, they don't, they, the, the big corporations don't want that. That's a threat to them. They don't want an even playing field. They want to crush and kill the small craft grower. That's that is their end game. And that's their end goal to crush the small grower, eliminate them entirely and just have it be MSOs. That's all they want. They want, they want to sanitize cannabis and they want to be the only ones selling it. And they want to crush the competition, crush these smaller growers under the guise of safety. But again, I've had so many good products. I had so many good edibles when I was there. I had so much good flour, way, 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 way cheaper across the board than my home state. Um, Again, some of the best cannabis you'll ever smoke. So again, if you're ever in Michigan and you have a medical marijuana card, uh, um, again, I mean, call and check to see that they will accept it, that the individual stores that you want to go to, if you're going on vacation in Michigan, will accept your card. M- make sure you you call and, and, and ask ahead of time because they do have the right to not honor your card. But Michigan does take out-of-state cards and um, some of the best medical marijuana you'll ever get. And... Again, they get slept on, and they get on, they get slept on by 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 other flashier states like California, Oregon, um, Colorado. They get they get they get ignored, and they shouldn't be because again, so much so much good price products made by people that love the plant and love the people that use the plant, which are these caregivers that big marijuana are trying so desperately to crush. Caregiver advocates say that the problem is overstated and the proposed remedies unnecessary. Linder and his member companies have suffered a little bit of abuse on social media. Again, I don't want people to be abused. I don't want them to be abused in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We do have the right to challenge these these MSO thugs and these corporate cannabis shills that want to crush the little grower. We have the right to challenge them. We have the right to, to say that we're not going to support their products. And we will make sure that their company that their company goes out of business if they're going to crush the competition like they're doing now. Like we have the right to challenge these folks. We really do. The, 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 the average Jane and the average Joe should have a chance to grow, to grow their own cannabis, to, to, to sell, to sell it out of, um, to sell it out of their sort of you know homes or warehouses or whatever or or to flip it to other dispensaries or flip it to their patients at at, at a price that works for both of them that's good and that's the free market in action that's the patient who has to buy this medicine because again no health insurance covers it because it's still schedule one narcotic they're having to pay for this entirely out of pocket i'd rather buy for a caregiver that isn't out to that doesn't only look at cannabis and see dollar signs, but sees a person who's in pain and who needs a medicine. That's that's what these caregivers do. They're they're they're, they're fellow users, they're fellow travelers like us that happen to have good home grow skills and can grow their own and 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 sell for a low cost for patients. That's a good thing. Um, 
and we need to continue challenging these MSOs and, and their sympathizers. Linder and his member companies have suffered a little bit of abuse on social media and have become the focus online, the focus of online boycotts based on misinformation campaigns. Oh man, I, I, lo I love when these, um, I love when these corporate cannabis thugs tell us to not believe our lying eyes about their BS. I love when they do it. Based on misinformation campaigns, caregivers and others within the industry have painted the association and its members as, as heartless capitalists who want to strip medical marijuana patients of their medicine. Because that's exactly what they are. They are harmless capitalists and harmless thugs. They don't want they don't want a meritocracy they don't want a level playing field of the best business winning out they want complete and utter and total dominance they want to completely crush and kill all small growers in all 50 states that's their goal that's their end goal ryan brigham brigham gold 49 of oakland county has worked as a caregiver since medical marijuana was legalized in 2008 He's been a he's been a marijuana legalization advocate since the 1990s. He's planning a rally at the Michigan Capitol in Lansing on September 15 to urge legislatures not to alter the caregiver law. We're starting to see these big licensed retail big money guys coming in and they're working with the legislatures in Lang Lansing against caregivers now, Regan Gold said. It really boils down to greed. They feel like they've put so much money in to get their licensing to be retailers and they feel that the cannabis caregivers in the medical program are hurting the bottom line that's because they are that's because they are that's because they are because the mso's provide an inferior product they provide a crappier product and then they have the nerve to charge you 300 an ounce or they have the nerve to say oh well, if you pay $150, you get a free pre-roll. If you, if you blow $150 at our store, we're going to give you a free pre-roll. How nice of us. That's how, that's, how the, that's how the carpet cannabis stores in my neck of the woods operate. It's all greed to them. They, they will charge you whatever the heck they want because their bottom, line, their bottom line depends on it. And because, again, you have nowhere else to go if you can't grow your own. They can just charge you whatever amount of dollars they want to charge you. And you will have nowhere else to go because of their BS. You'll have nowhere else you can go to. That's, that's, that's what they want. They don't care about curing your, your 70-year-old mom or dad. They don't care about helping their arthritis. They don't care about providing affordable medicine to grandma who's retired and who's living on Social Security and retirement savings. They don't care about the average person. They just see dollar signs when it comes to this medicinal plant. Steve Linder became the face of the caregiver opposition when during an interview with Grown in May, he said, we think everything should be in the regulated marketplace, as he should. He wants to crush and kill competition. He wants to crush and kill the small grower and the sm small caregiver. He just wants it to be sanitized, apple store type cannabis stores. That's all these people want. They just want, they, they want it to just be these MSOs they can charge whatever the heck they want. And again, you have nowhere else to go. Nowhere else to go. You, you, have, to, you have to buy from these thugs. They want to kill the small grower. So, so you won't explore your other options and be like, hey, like the, the smaller grower is actually better than these fancy big companies. They don't want everybody having that revelation because that's what everyone, as a revelation everyone would have 
if you had markets where where caregivers were small growers could remain competitive to these MSOs, they would they'd be choosing these these smaller companies each and every time, almost each and every time. We have a huge supply of cannabis that's not in the licensed marketplace, Linder said, and it's not tested. We don't know where it's grown. We don't know who's growing it. People are not employing. They're not investing in infrastructure. They're not paying taxes. So we have to get the unregulated supply and that law needs to be passed. And we're going to lead the charge. Linder admitted that changes to the current law would be difficult, but not impossible because the caregiver law was part of a voter initiated ballot proposal. It would need three fourths of a majority vote to alter. Cannabis companies don't want black market marijuana sales to eat into profits, which they undoubtedly are, but caregiver supporters think their efforts to restrict caregiver production is misguided. The Michigan Cannabis Manufacturers Association, to illustrate the size of the illicit and caregiver sales, paid Anderson Economic Group to analyze the market. The resulting report found that nearly 70% of all marijuana sales in 2020, more than two billions worth, went through licensed businesses. Okay, so that's that's the diagram. If you're looking at the video episode of this, stay on that for a bit. Law enforcement officials say marijuana black market operations are prolific. In Sterling Heights, Fire Marshal Sean Allen said that city officials are responding to complaints about grow houses on a nearly daily basis. Often when confronted, suspects typically present caregiver registration and patient cards, but are often operating outside the bounds of the caregiver parameters, he said. Allen said his city has abated more than 500 home grows since August 2020 and estimates more than a thousand others are still in operation in the, in the 132,000 resident 37 mile city. All of these places are rentals, so they're not even occupied. We're starting to see the repeat customers now within, now with the people we've dealt with from last August. They've started growing again because there's no penalty. Prosecutors will not touch this for us. They will not help us here at all in the, in the county. Anything marijuana related, they don't care. So it's kind of left on myself to try and make it as safe as possible. The other things I do is write citations under extreme conditions, pull the power. With some enforcement on illegal care giver operations is taking place at the local level. The only statewide enforcement comes from the state police, marijuana and tobacco investigation section led by detective first Lieutenant Chris Hawkins. The unit was created in 2017 to shut down illicit marijuana operations that compete with the licensed market. Between July 2020 and June of this year, the unit, the unit seized over 12,000 marijuana plants, over 6,400 pounds of marijuana flour, a third of, of what's sold in the recreational market each month, and over 55,000 other marijuana vapes, edibles, and other products, Hawkins said. We are only scratching the surface on what may be out there, he said. These aren't caregivers who are growing like five extra plants. There are certainly times when we do when we will do an illicit market enforcement where an individual has taken has at least taken the steps of obtaining a caregiver card or patients 
but it is very clear that they are nowhere within the boundaries of the medical marijuana law. The individuals engaging in, in the activity we see, I don't think are going to be any more deterred if there are 12 plants, if, if there are 12 plants are now six plants or four plants. No, they are going to be deterred because that won't be enough to grow for a, 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 uh, it won't be enough to grow for many patients. It'll only be enough to grow for a private grow. So if you were to shrink it, if you were to cut it down to 12 or four for, for, for patients, for caregivers being able to go for patients, that's effectively care, killing the caregiver system. Let's keep it a buck. Caregivers are the pioneers of legal marijuana in the state, but find their role increasingly dis diminish as licensed markets take hold. As of December 2019, when the first recreational shops opened, there were 268,566 registered marijuana patients and 36,392 registered caregivers. Those numbers had dipped to 252,330 and 30,670 respectively. As of June, according to the state marijuana regulatory agency statistical reports under emergency rules created by the marijuana regulatory agency caregivers were allowed to sell products and excess marijuana to commercial companies when the recreational market first opened but were phased out entirely by september 2020. the state was encouraging caregivers to bring cannabis to stores and then eventually through processors and cultivators and they were kind of unceremonially cut off lowell said and also yes a lot of them did kind of ramp up to do that because they were encouraged to keep the inventory flow going as of november 2018 more than 97 percent of all retail sales were of caregiver grown product by the time recreational sales began in 2019 or december 2019 Caregiver products still accounted for 60% of all sales, according to marijuana regulatory agency data. Now that the caregiver flow to the commercial market has been cinched, Lowell told MLive it's likely some have not halted operations and may continue to sell the product on the back market. If that is the case, however, he said that they're not taking action within the scope of a caregiver, which is illegal and, and which is illegal and enforceable. You're not allowed to do that, Lowell said. There's already, that's already the case, so creating more restrictions for caregivers that could potentially hurt patients is not the answer. Caregivers under the medical marijuana law were originally meant to be the sole legal providers and distributors of marijuana to those who use it for medical reasons. At the time, there was no framework for commercial medical marijuana sales. There, there is now the retail framework and commercial licensing program was developed under the medical marijuana facilities licensing act passed in 2016 and the Michigan Regu regulation and taxation and marijuana act passed in 2018 of the most vocal companies regarding the caregiver license market debate is pleasant trees pleasant trees CEO Randall Buchan is it it's not Buchanan or Buchman, a one-time caregiver himself, resigned as president of the Michigan Caregivers Manufacturers Association in May when the debate erupted. The company said it wanted to control its own messaging. In a public statement on Facebook, Pleasantries said that caregivers who responsibly grow for their five or less patients 
but also wants caregivers to be transitioned to the licensed market so their efforts can generate legitimate jobs, income, and welcome competition in the marketplace. Pleasant Trees is amongst the companies that have tar been targeted by boycotts. Any caregivers who's making millions is violating the rules of the caregiver program as they were intended to operate, said Benjamin M. Sobzak, a legal advisor and attorney with Pleasantries. This begs the, the question whether or not these persons are caregivers at all. But certainly, if confronted by any authority and asked to justify the existence of their operation, one can assume that they will present a caregiver card. End of article. So let's wrap up with this. People were asking what is happening with the caregiver scene. I'm just going to read a few of these comments. I'm not reading every single one because there's too many other demands of my time to do that. But let's read some of them, though. It's not a bad climate currently, but they're always pushing on the carpet side to eradicate us. I read about a caregiver in her 70s. In her 70s, yes, uh, someone old enough to be a grandma or great-grandma, get busted in Washington County because of, of the smell nuisance and local municipalities trying to force caregivers into industrial zones. Then I've heard of other cities not allowing caregivers rent in, to rent industrial properties to grow. It's a minefield, but we can't give an inch to these uh, sons of guns. Okay, and another comment. So it's looking like a township city basis, if I had a guess. But even then, the money is is lobbying to end caregivers altogether. It's the beginning of the Walmart effect. The honest root of it all, it, it really comes down to a lot of caregivers doing it for a living are awful at it. It ranges from cutting corners is a common practice. Durr, I don't have an air conditioner for my room. Despite, despite off one crop, I could by six mini splits to malicious disregard for anything but profit eagle 20 avid forbid a lot of extractors especially have drug problems can't tell you why i hope for the best and prepare for the worst always you probably have a few more years before things start to get really funky all right i'm under the impression that caregivers were viewed as a temporary need that can be removed once the rest of the medical market is established and matured Medical dispensaries are all over the state now. For from a lawmaker's perspective, dispensary product is held to a higher standard, higher standard than caregiver product thanks to testing requirements. On top of that, there are some caregivers out there with questionable motives. Are they driven by profit and want to create a successful gray market brand without the licensing that other brands have? Or do they truly just want to provide quality medicine for patients in need? Profit-driven caregivers certainly don't help the situation, and they'll drag down the good ones with them. I would love to see caregivers stick around, but I think it's inevitable that they are phased out. I would highly recommend that any well-established caregiver investigate recreational micro-business licensing. It's cheaper than the rest of them and seems to be the next best option, in my opinion. All right. Yeah, again, I don't have all day to read all of them. All right, so this is the last one I want to read. Word on the street is that a few bad actors use the caregiver system to launder black market products into the legal market, and the feds are pressuring, are pressuring the marijuana regulatory agency to shut it down. If I had to guess, I'd say in the short term, they'll have to put everything in metric and get product, product compliance tested, and in the medium term, either phased out or pushed 
into some low-level license. All right. So, so that's the current state of the Michigan caregiver scene and the caregiver market. The, the big MSOs were, were, have, have been petitioning to eliminate the caregivers for, for safety pur pur purposes. Again, that's just the weasel word and that's just the, the, the guys that they're using, but they want to crush this system entirely. They don't want to level playing field because they would lose to these caregivers that make way better products than, than a multi-state operator ever will. And these caregivers are the pioneers that were doing this before it was cool, before it was legal, before anybody, before anybody even thought of this as a serious drug or thought of cannabis users as a, as a serious political constituency. These people were, were in the trenches doing this long before it was cool. And it, it's just a shame to see them lose out to these multi-state operators that are just growing for profit. But again, I, I don't want to keep this episode too long, but if you're in Michigan, you got to keep You got to keep fighting. You, you cannot give an inch to these MSOs. We got a major victory in, 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 in Maine because we didn't give an inch. But again, I don't want to keep this episode too long. I can be found anywhere you find podcasts, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and other platforms like it. You can find me on Instagram at underscore I am Cannabis Sativa and on Twitter at IC Sativa Pod. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out. Ciao. Fight the power and free Julian Assange. Peace. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are quite a few ways you could do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast slash support you can also support me now on patreon at www.patreon.com slash ic sativa podcast you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month we also have a five dollar and above tier if you are feeling extra generous additionally if you wish to get in contact with us you can leave a voice message on anchor and you can do this by going to h https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at 617-466-9389 and i may just play it on a future episode feel free to join the ever expanding i am canvas sativa podcast planet on discord we yes we've got a discord channel and that discord channel can be found at https colon slash slash discord dot gg greg greg slash 65TG2NR. Again, that is HTTPS colon slash slash discord dot GG slash 65TG2NR. Feel free to check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp based products. You can check them out by the link HTTPS colon slash BIT dot LY slash 33FKRV9. And you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts, such, such as Dog Treat 20, Tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, 15% sign off CBD. And that applies to the entire store. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao.